Welcome to the Sibley Nature Center podcast. Here at Sibley, we celebrate the history and nature of the Llano Estacado. Through a broad range of educational programs and personal experiences given on site, at schools, in meeting rooms, and at private gatherings, we encourage community members to be knowledgeable about the flora, fauna, and history of our region. My name is Phil Salonik, and I'm the Education Director here at Sibley Nature Center. Today, I'm honored to be joined by full-time cowboy, Rusty the Wrangler. Welcome, Rusty. Thank you. And, of course, uh, we're here at the Recording Library of West Texas, and we want to say thank you to them for allowing us to use their facility and studio. Thank you. Rusty, um, good to see you. Thank you. You too. Beautiful day out, a little overcast. Absolutely. But Maybe we'll get a little rain. That would be nice. Uh, Rusty, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, sir? Uh, I, was, I was born uh, in Houston, raised in Andrews. Uh, whenever I got out of high school in 1966, I got an all-expenses-paid trip to explore the mysteries of the Far East. And uh, that was in Vietnam, by the way. And when I got back from there, I came over to this area in the middle of Odessa. I've been here ever since. That all-expense-paid trip to the Far East, was that in, on a Navy boat? Yes, it was. That's, I mean, well, all bills paid, you know, all <laughs> meals furnished. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you for that. I was a Navy guy, too. Did you know that? Yep, I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you grew up out here and then you came back and... Yep, I grew up on a Gryland cotton farm in Andrews. You always um, appreciate cowboy heritage? I, I do. I always have, and, and I, I hope I always do. Uh, but me being on a cotton farm, you know, we didn't have a horse or nothing because horses just eating or, you know, you can't make any money off of them, so we didn't have one. You have a machine, though? Tractor? Or? Oh, yeah. We okay. got all kinds of tractors. And yeah balers and all kind of everything it takes to farm so you may not have been a, a mounted cowboy but you were still singing cowboy songs that's correct i love the old cowboy songs and 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 we're losing them and i don't want that to happen so you've been playing guitar then all your life i have been playing guitar seriously for about the last oh maybe 10 years okay and uh, i i started playing guitar and singing Whenever I got old enough that I didn't care whether anybody liked it or not, you know, <laughs> kind of lose that little. So there's still hope for me. There is, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. When you get old enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, Rusty, I know at Sibling Nature Center we've had uh, a relationship with you for, you think, a decade at this point? Uh, probably not. Maybe maybe half that. Okay, five years? Yeah. I, was, I first came Burr Williams. And got me to come out here first. What what would you do your first time at Sibley's? At the first time at Sibley's, I told an old cowboy poem for Halloween, and uh, and told it to the kids and stuff. I love telling kids stuff because they, you know. I know that since then we've had you out at festivals, other special events, and this past year, twenty twenty two, we started songs at Sibley, which had you and. Uh, some of your counterparts uh, playing once a month in the evening. Yes, out of Sibley. Uh, that's enjoyable, but 
we didn't have a whole lot of turnout, but that's not to say we won't, you know. Yeah, we didn't get a bunch of traction this past year, but maybe there's something we can do in the future. Hopefully, yeah. Um, well, you know, uh, this area, West Texas, Llano Estacado, um, the, the real westward expansion of Europeans and cowboys, you know, it was about 200 years ago, mm-hmm. maybe 100 years ago. Yeah. Um, why is that important? It, it's important, but just because for that reason, it's part of our history. Uh, the <clears throat> things like there's a Comanche war chief, Quanah Parker, you know, that's been in the movies and everything. I am friends with his great-grandson. And, and nobody, you know, you can ask anybody, especially the younger generation, and I have at Sibley's, ask them when I'm singing to them, the kid, you know, has anybody here ever heard of Pecos Bill? Well, no, they haven't, you know. <laughs> Their parents haven't. And, you know, and, and I love that stuff, and it's history, and, and we're losing it. We're losing, you know, the, the younger kids are not, Maybe the young adults by now are just coming up with too much other stuff on their mind, you know, to, to hear about the people that settled this land and, and how it was before they settled it, you know. Yeah, you know, the, the, the history here is fascinating. Of course, we've had Native Americans here for, for a very, very, very long time, but Quanah Parker, the last real chief of the mm-hmm. Comanche, I mean, this was his stomping ground, this whole area. Yeah. West it, Texas, yep. up in the Panhandle, down in Big Bend. And just, um, you know, he was uh, born of a Comanche chief, but also a prisoner, European woman. So they say, prisoner, Cynthia Ann Parker. Right. Um, Do you know who freed Cynthia Ann Parker from the Comanche? Sullivan Ross? Yep. Yeah, Sullivan Ross, go. Yeah. Um, Texas Ranger. And we say freed in air quotes because I think that she wanted to be She back didn't want with, to be freed. She didn't want to be freed and back with uh, her European family. Yeah. yeah, but that history is fascinating, and it all took place right mm-hmm. here. Um, and it's all played into songs and poetry of, you know, it it is important, and you know, at Sibley, we we want to um, educate people about the culture and the history of the region every chance we get, and um, yeah, we think song and poem is a, is right. a great vessel. Yeah, there's there's the the stories that the cowboys were telling came from poems, you know, the the things to uh, the music to the to the poems they were telling like. They'd put it to like my Bonnie lies over the ocean and such melodies as that. But yeah, it is an interesting <clears throat> um, use of song and story to to carry on that um, where maybe it wasn't written down. Mm-hmm. It is interesting, Rusty, to have uh, song and poem as a as a maybe alternative to written history. Um, and I think that there's a lot more power in that. That's right. I'm that's, sure you do, too. That's why most of the songs I sing are ballads, you know, the story songs. Yeah. To go with the... the do you, you have any um, favorites that you could 
share with us? Sure, today? I do. I, I have one. A few years back, I, <clears throat> I submitted one of my poems to this, to this right here. It's in this book. It's this right here. This and, book is Wind, Sand, and Sky from the 2010 Texana Anthology of the Permian Basin Poetry Society. Okay, Rusty. Yeah. And, and I've got, and the, 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 uh, to tell you about cowboy stories, this is a, this basically is a, a true story that I'm going to tell you here, but, you know, you got to add a few things in. No, <laughs> the, and this story is about a mule, a black and white paint. He wasn't too much to look at, but he could go from can to can. We just called him Sardo, and he stood about 14-3, and for a big part of his life, that scudder belonged to me. When you'd ask old Sardo, he'd give you all he's got, but where speed is concerned, he just ain't got a whole lot. But if you could get a rope on him and get to the horn, he could drag near anything born. He was sometimes a little iffy about his feet, but he was never too picky about what he'd eat. He had virtually no withers and a real straight back, and a head like a 320 Lufkin pump jack. You had to have a britchin' or a crupper, you see, to keep your old cack where you thought it should be. You also needed a breast collar to even things out, and time you got all that on, you just near give out. I remember one time I was going to give him some new slippers, so I dug out my tools, anvil, rasping nippers, and that turned out to be one of his iffy days. And he tested my horseshoeing skills in a number of ways. Well, I got his old shoes off and his feet trimmed real flat. And to put it mildly, things went south fast after that. He decided he was just too tired to stand on three. Thought he'd be much better if he could just lean on me. Now, there's folks that'll tell you that a mule can't cow kick you. And some folks will tell you that a doctor won't stick you. He got, on, he got me on my forehead, smacked between my two eyes, and I thought for a moment I had met my demise. And by the time I got my tools picked up and back in the box, I decided his head was probably full of rocks. I questioned his ancestry on his daddy's side, and I thought of some new boots made out of mule hide. But I didn't let that deter me I had a job to do, and I grabbed my shaping hammer and started whooping on a shoe. An anvil and a hammer and a cold horseshoe at times is a pretty therapeutic thing to do. I mentioned his fever already trimmed and flat, and before the job was done, I was really glad of that. Now, the rope that it takes to rig a prairie schooner for a bow, that's about how much twine I had on old Sardo. But he got a brand-new set of shoes, each one nailed on with care, laying flat down on his back with his hooves up in the air, each one installed flat and tight. You see, they can wear them longer if you put them on right. <laughs> That's the one I got. And <clears throat> just for an instance, there's lots of things in here that are, that are things that you need when you're riding and when you're doing work or horseback and stuff. And I'll bet you there's several in there that, that you don't even know what they are. You know, and I would, you know, that's not right. Yeah, yeah. I did know what nippers are. There you go. You, <laughs> you need to have those. Yep. You know what a crupper is? Mm-mm. <laughs> is that you scrape with it? No, a crupper is you tie it around a mule's tail, hook it to your saddle, because a mule has no withers, and it'll keep your saddle from sliding up. 
I don't even know what a wither is, Rusty. Wither is a, right on the top of where the front two legs come together at his backbone. Yeah. In between his body and the neck, that's the wither. Okay. There's usually a hump there. Mules don't have that hump. So where was the exaggeration in uh, that poem? Well, the, the amount of rope probably was the. I have some I have some pictures I'm acquainted with a tremendous artist, and uh, I made a a CD, and I think you've got one, don't you? Mm-hmm. Those pictures on there were drawn drawn by that guy, and he drew me a picture of what he thought that should look like, and I got it, and it's it's really good. <laughs> so sourdough was a mule you had. Sourdough, yeah, he yeah. was a mule. He was a good one. Nice. Do you have any recurring venues you'd perform at? Or? Yes, I play every Tuesday. Every Tuesday I play at, uh, at the Brookdale Assisted Living House. Okay. And I'd, every, every Tuesday at 1 o'clock play there and just do gospel songs. Yeah. And I'm also in a little four-piece band that we play around over here and there. And you do... I, the Cowboy Poetry Symposium? I, or? I haven't done one in like three years because of the COVID. You know, still trying to get over that. But I did uh, the uh, uh, Cowboy Symposium and National Cowboy Symposium in Lubbock. I performed yeah. there probably three years or four. And Are you writing any poems? I, I always am. You always I, are. Yeah. yeah. It, not so much right now, but I've I've got a whole I've got a whole mess of my need a to whole do portfolio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but long as I can play, long as I can play music and 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 at the place like what I like about Sibley's is Sibley's has a place for the kids, you know, and not yeah. just the grown ups and the and the young adults. It has a place for the kids, and that's where you need to start uh, start to learn in. You, you want to hook them when they're young. That's right. Yeah. You know, even the communists say that. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I know I I love listening to you sing cowboy songs, and I personally wish sometimes that I was born 100 years ago and got yeah. to experience that lifestyle. <laughs> There's a song that says that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's just something about you know the self-sufficiency of the cowboy era and the exploration and the ruggedness that you know speaks to me but i think speaks to a lot of different people it does and a lot of people just won't won't let you know that they think about it like that but they do you know i i got interviewed with uh, uh, tumbleweed smith and uh, man i have got a lot of people call me about that you know People talk to me and say, "Yeah, that's kind of the way I feel too." But my wife don't like it, so I, you know, how that goes. Yeah. You got anything else you can read to us? Sure, I got some stuff I can say to you. Oh yeah, we would love that. This was, there's one that's told around the campfire. It's called Windy Bill, and Windy Bill was a Texas man, and he could rope you bet. He allowed to steer that he couldn't tie. Well, he just ain't been born yet. But the boys, they knew of an old black steer, kind of a bad outlaw that run down in them malapies at the foot of a rocky draw. 
Now, this old black steer had stood his own with punchers from everywhere, and the boys, they laid Bill two to one. He couldn't quite get there. So Bill breaks out his old gray horse, his withers, and his back was raw, and he set out to catch that brute that run down in the draw with his brazos bit and his Sam sack tree and his shafts and traps to boot. His old McGee tied hard and fast. Bill swore he'd get that brute. Now, when Bill rode up that old black steer, he began to snort and paw, and he throwed his tail straight up in the air and went a-drifting down the draw. So that old gray horse piled after him, for he'd been eating corn, and Bill, he drops his old McGee right around old Blackie's horns. The old gray horse, he stopped right still, and Bill cinch, it snapped like straw, and his old McGee and his samsack tree went a-drifting down the draw. Now, Bill, he lit in a flint rock pile. His hands and his face was scratched, and he grumbled like I thought I could rope a snake. But he guessed he had met his match. Now, he paid his debts like an honest man without a bit of jaw, and he allowed that old black steer was the boss down in the draw. But there's a moral to my story here, and this you all must see, is when you go to rope a snake, don't tie him to your tree. Take your dally quick and clean according to Texas law, and you'll never see your Samsack tree go drifting down the draw. Now, I bet there's a lot of stuff in that. What's that, a McGee? Mm-hmm. What's a McGee? It's a McGooey. A McGee, a McGooey, it's a rope. It's a leather rope. Oh, okay. That's what all the old cowboys used to use, you know. And, and shaps and traps, you know. What is a trap? Um... Uh. <laughs> it's a trapadero. I just call them traps. You put it on the front of your stirrups uh, to keep from jobbing a thorn through your foot or oh, okay. keep your foot from slipping It's like a boot the on it's your a stirrup. Boot on okay. The your stirrup, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, if you'd been grown up properly, you would have knew what yeah. that was. <laughs> I might have talked to my mom. That's right. That's right. That might be a little, you know. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, there's. A, I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, that cultural history right there in that, There's, there that is. single story. And most of them there are. Yeah. You know, and most of them there are. You know, you could, you could go on and on with stories like that. Here's another one. This, yeah. This is, this is called a – this is an old one. Old – the guy wrote this in 1917. Okay. And, and the place – there's a spot in here that talks about a, a whiskey row okay. at the Kentucky Bar at the head of that whiskey row. Well, that place is still in Tucson, Arizona. You can still go there right now, you know, and go in there and, and get you a drink. Uh, but that's in the song. There's a lot of other stuff in here. Uh, like, well, I'm trying to think of the the Sierra Peets. The okay. Sierra Peets is mountain range, and it's up close to Tucson. And it says, Way up high in the Sierra Peets, where the yellow jack pines grow tall, old Sandy Bob and Buster Jigs made them a roundup camp last fall. Now they taken the, they taken horses and running irons, maybe a dog or two, and they allowed Dad to catch every long eared every long eared brute that run down in that slough. Well, any old critter that flopped long ears and didn't brush up by day. Got his long ears whittled and his old hide scorched in a most artistic way. 
Till one fine day, old Sandy Bobby done throw that branding iron down, said, I'm tired of smelling this burning hair, and I allows I'm going to town. So they laddled, saddles them up and strikes them a lope because it weren't too much of a ride. And then was the days when a buckaroo could aisle up his insides. And they started them out at the Kentucky bar at the head of that whiskey row, and they wound up down at the depot house some 40 drinks below. And they winds them up, turns them around, heads them the other way. And to tell the God-forsaken truth, them boys got tight that day. Well, they was heading back to camp, packing a pretty big load, but who should they meet but the devil himself, a-prancing down that road. Says he, you ornery cowboy skunks, you better hunt your hole, because I just come up from hell's rim rock to gather in your soul. Now, old Sandy Bob said, Devil, be quiet. Us boys is kind of tight, but you ain't going to get no cowboy souls without one whale of a fight. So old Sandy Bob blows a hole in his rope, and he swung her straight and through, and he dropped her down on the devil's horns, taking his dally, too. Now, Buster Jiggs was a re-out man. He kept his gut line coiled up neat. He shakes it out and builds him a loop and lashes up the devil's hind feet. Now, they stretched him out and tailed him down while the irons was a-getting hot. They cropped and swallowed for both ears and branded him up a lot. Then they pruned him up with a dehorning saw, tied knots in his tail for a joke, and they rode off and left him there neck to a blackjack oat. So you're ever up in the Sierra Peaks and you hear one whale of a whale, it's just that devil a bellering about them knots tied in his tail. <laughs> the Sierra Peaks. That was written in 1917. That I love that, Rusty. Is so when. Uh, are there two different types of ropes then? Oh, there's more than two. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a, a riata and the other rope. That... Uh, yeah. The, uh, these, these ropes that we got now, that's really all the good ones, you know. Back, back in the day, they had riatas, uh, which leather ropes, braided. Okay. Or they had uh, just plain old cotton uh, sure. ropes made out of, uh, uh, I forget what they call it, but it's... Uh, it's a fabric, yeah. but it, they made ropes out of it, and they, and they work good. And, but uh, it's a riata. That's a. It, they call it that because that's just, there's a Spanish word for rope. Yeah, and, and they got it down to riata. Um, yeah, there were several words in that one. I'd they are, you know, and there's lots of songs and stuff about old Coosie. Well, that Coosie's a cook on. There's uh, a chuck wagon cook, wagon, and, yeah. and that road is taken. Word is taken from the Spanish too, and changed and slanged up and everything. You know how it is. And you know um, what an interesting period of time because there was a lot of change happening too. Mm -hmm. Railroads, I think, would be a big one that would change uh, cattle drives. Mm -hmm. um, also, maybe the loss of a lot of open range. And fences. Yeah, and another thing is all these mesquites. Sure. You know. Yeah. Because these mesquites weren't all over the landscape. That's right. Like they, they came with the cattle from Mexico. Yeah, what a, a – the cowboy song just is a time capsule. It is. It is a time capsule. Yeah. And, and there's a lot to learn there because, you know, the cattle drive started right after the Civil War. And, and 
most historians will say that that 40% of the drovers, the cowboys on there, 40%, some say more than that, but they were black. Okay, yeah. You know, which which leads you back to the banjo. On the chuck wagon, you know, on the cowboys on TV and the old movies, you know, the, they had playing their guitar and all of that. Well, you couldn't take a guitar on a tail drive. Where are you going to carry a guitar? It was guitar? just too big. Yeah. Okay. So they, but the but a banjo, you know, a banjo is a strong instrument. They throw it in the chuck wagon and it'd bounce around in there and they could still play it, you know. And that's what most of the black people played because the banjo came over on the slave ships. Okay. You know, and that's, you know, we've lost that, you know. Yeah. History once knew it, but it's all lost now. Yeah, I mean, imagine you'd been out riding your horse all day, chasing cattle around. You come in in the evening, sit around the fire, have your, I don't know, biscuits and mm-hmm. hardtack, <laughs> coffee, <laughs> um, maybe some meat and... uh then you sit around and commune and you tell tales. Tell tales, you know. And then that tale that one told, it'll get kind of stretched out and moved <laughs> over there and retold again and stuff like that. That's how it all. That's yeah. all what I got. You know, you got old cowboy. It's time you ride in a saddle all day, you know, all day long for day after day after day. Uh, there's, there's not. You're not going to come back and. Get out your your uh, harmonica and your guitar and sit around out there. You're going to go somewhere and sleep. <laughs> yeah, Rusty, is there any? If somebody wanted to get in touch with you or pick up some of your merchandise, do you have any of that stuff available anywhere? Uh, I don't have any merchandise available. I I I've got a the CD right here. That's Doug Figs. Doug Fig is in the Western Music Association. He's a he, he's been the entertainer of the year and all of this. He's just a pretty strong influence there. And I'm bragging a little now. Song number 11 on there is I Wrote It. Viejo Amigo. Yep. Rusty Bettenfield. This is um, Thinking of You, Doug Figs, and Mickey Daniel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mustang Mickey. Mustang Mickey. Nice. Well, you can look that up, DougFigs.com, MickeyDaniel.com. Sure. Okay. This book has my poem in there, and that's the only one I've got, but I have. You know <laughs> how, how how cowboys tend to stretch things? You know, I can, I'll give you a little example of that. Is, uh, I, I don't, do you know where the Lazy Arena is in Guthrie, Oklahoma? I don't, know. Well, if... If you were a cowboy, you would, because it is known. It is the place, you know. And also, George Strait used to do a lot of, of his stuff in Lazy E in Guthrie, Oklahoma. It's, I mean, it's a wonderful place. Who's that? George Strait. And uh, I caught that. Yeah, love that guy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, about four years ago, maybe three years ago, for the Miniature Bull Riders Association, I've got some miniature bucking bulls, and my son and and I and uh, we went to the finals at the Lazy E in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Well, I sang the national anthem out in the middle of the arena, and so now I can advertise 
that up there to Lazy E, that's where me and George used to sing. Oh, you know, yes. Yeah, that's true. You yeah. know, you don't have to fill yeah. in all the rest no, of it. You, you? That's stretched. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Okay. Um, well, Rusty, we, man, we, we love having you at Sibley. We love listening to you sing your songs and read your poems and tell your stories. Um, and we look forward to working with you as long as we can forever. Um, you have a, anything else you can tell us? You got a story for the outro? For, well, I'd have to give that some thought, and we don't we don't have no time for a whole lot of thinking, which is what gets cowboys <laughs> into trouble a lot because they don't do a, have time to do a lot of thinking. And but I would just say that I enjoy coming out there. I enjoy seeing, especially to the kids, you know. And I remember one time at Lubbock uh, at the cowboy symposium. They asked me if I would sing for a school group, and I said, sure, Will, and come to find out it was in that big auditorium up there, and there was about 200 of them in there, and they had all of them, and I loved it. I just, that's, yeah. I love it. I just, the, the things uh, about the kids, you know, is they pick up on that stuff. Yeah. Uh, they pick up on it, and they, uh, and they remember it longer than you think. Yeah, you never know when that's going right. to manifest yep. in some way. Yeah. Out and I'm, but I'm just glad to do it. I'm kind of like Minnie Pearl. I'm just glad to be here. Well, Rusty, we're glad you're here, too, and thank you for your time. Well, you're just welcome as you can be. If you run across a man that don't like mules in this land of milk and honey, don't take his advice and don't loan him any money. Um, this has been great recording this with Rusty here at the Recording Library of West Texas. And thank you to the Recording Library for allowing us to use their, their studio. And thank you all uh, listening to this episode of the Sibling Nation Center podcast. We had a great time recording this and talking about uh, what Rusty does and cowboy heritage. Uh, please tune in next time where we continue to cover the flora, fauna, and history of the Llano Estacado. Until next time, head outside to wander and wonder. Thank you.